0: Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info.
1: This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. It's August 14th.
2: We have way too much evidence to doubt otherwise that black lives simply don't matter.
1: Rayshard Brooks, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. These are just some of the names that have become rallying cries during the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020. Today, Grant Blankenship, a reporter with Georgia Public Broadcasting in Macon, discusses a name you may not have heard. Yuri Martin, a black man who died of a heart attack after being tased by Washington County Sheriff's deputies in 2017 while he was walking along a road in rural Georgia. This week, The case against the three deputies, who were indicted for murder after Martin's death, was argued before the Georgia Supreme Court. At issue is whether the officers can use Georgia's stand-your-ground law to claim immunity from prosecution. Let's start by talking about Yuri Martin. Who is Yuri Martin?
3: Yuri Martin, uh, unfortunately to me and my reporting over the years, has been something of an enigma. Um, All I've known about Yuri Martin since 2017 is that he was a man who was trying to get to Sandersville from Milledgeville on foot on the day he died. That's a long way. It's 30 miles. Washington County was originally home for Uri Martin. He still has family there, and he was going to to Sandersville to see some of them, uh, perhaps to celebrate his birthday, I've read in, in at least one story. So Elizabeth Jordan, she's the reporter at the Sandersville, Georgian. That's the weekly newspaper there in town. She has gotten to know Yuri Martin's family over the years.
0: Well, every time that I interview the Martin family, I always ask, could you tell me a little something about Yuri Lee Martin? Um, some of the things that they've described, the words that they've used to describe him are gentle giant, a big man with a big heart, um, someone that the kids loved, um, One of the other ones was a a MacGyver, and he could fix anything.
3: Annie Gibbons was Yuri Martin's niece. Uh, During a Black Lives Matter march in July in Sandersville, uh, she was one of the speakers. Uh, WJBF-TV from Augusta recorded Annie, and she described her uncle as a very giving person.
0: He was always willing to offer his help and assistance to anyone who needed it. Yuri was very understanding of other circumstances. He would often share his food and clothing, including giving the shirt off his back to people who was less fortunate. I still can remember Yuri walking to my mother.
3: What I do know about Yuri Martin is that he, as his sister told 911, the day that he was killed, he had a history of mental illness.
2: He is a uh, mental patient. And his name is Yuri Martin. What's his name? Yuri. Martin. And he was you know, walking I just ain't in no condition to I didn't get him myself. And he was walking. He's, he's walking, he headed to Sandersville. Where was he last
3: at? On at least two other occasions he'd had um, a run in with law enforcement who then just as the day he died were not aware of, of whatever mental illness um, he he was experiencing.
0: Three Washington County deputies, they could be facing murder charges. The district attorney believes the three are responsible for the death of Yuri Martin. Martin was tased to death after walking through a neighborhood in July.
1: July of 2017, how far into his journey was he before he encountered the deputies?
3: This was about 20 miles into that 30-mile walk.
1: So he's 20 miles into this journey. It's a sweltering hot day. Um, and he's in kind of a remote stretch of, of Georgia, of rural Georgia. So what happened then?
3: Well, he, he sees a house. Uh, it's hard to miss. It's a big house. And he walks up into the yard, and he asks the homeowner, uh, Cyrus Harris, for, for a drink of water from, from a spigot, You know, like you'd have your hose connected to on the side of your house. Um, and Mr. Harris told him in no uncertain terms. I just told him to get out. And he just... And I don't know whether I, I, I'm now scared to leave my wife here by herself. I don't know whether he'll come back or not. Here's Cyrus Harris in a 911 call on the day that Yuri Martin died.
2: And what did he look like? He was a black man, probably 50 plus years old, about 6'3", 220. I dressed his pants halfway down his back. You know, no, you know, like right away sometimes, down halfway to finish. Just nasty
3: as he could be. Uh, at that point, Yuri Martin becomes a suspicious person. Sheriff's deputies respond. Hey, come, over here. come on, over here. Come on over
2: here. Come on over here. Come on, come on, Gattaro, 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 man. Come on. Gattaro, come, on. come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yuri was.
3: A good mile and a half. I mean, deeper into the city limits, yeah. of deep step. When the sheriff's deputies finally found him, they get out of the car. He's walking up the road.
2: Come on, come
3: on, no, come, on. No, no. come on, come on, come on, come on. We just want to
2: talk to you. We just want to talk to you. We just want to talk to you. We just want to talk to you, okay? We just want to talk to you. Okay? We, just to talk to you okay? we just want to talk to you. We are.
3: At the point of first contact, the first time the sheriff's deputies meet him, he's tased them almost immediately upon their encountering him.
2: over!
1: Almost immediately you're saying he was tased. Why was he tased?
3: Because he wasn't compliant. I mean, that, that's the argument that the, that the defense attorneys made to the Superior Court judge in asking for immunity, that, that the officers had legitimate, um, a legitimate right to ask him to stop. He was a suspicious person, after all. And, and he didn't, to stop and tell them what he was doing and why. He was tased then. He was tased for that. Pulled the electrical contacts from his body. And then continued up the road.
1: So the deputies are presumably pretty amped up because they just had a suspect who just tore a barb out of his skin that was sending all kinds of volts through his body.
3: And in some of the testimony that you can read in the judge's ruling, one of the officers says, you know, a guy that can do that, I'm not going to mess with him, right? Um, So they were really, really amped up by that first experience. But then the subsequent experience, you know, he, he's, he's in this yard, he's surrounded by three officers now, and he has stopped. He asks them, you know, sort of rhetorically, isn't this America, you know, implying that you're abrogating my rights?
2: No peace in America, do no it without crime. Get him again. I had to get him so what right? in the Bible. Get,
0: get, get, oh, right? get, right? get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground.
3: Um, At this point, he is incapacitated enough that they're able to get him on the ground, onto his belly, onto his face, and to handcuff his arms behind his body in that position. And that's where he remained until he died.
1: Do we know how many times he was tased in the course of this um, encounter?
3: Yeah, I mean, we know that he was tased for about a minute and a half um, in total time okay um, over the repeated tasings that he experienced by more than one more than one deputy in this sixteen fifteen sixteen minute encounter
0: we have an update tonight on the GBI's investigation of Yuri Martin's death the man who was tasered to death while in custody of Washington County deputies Washington County Sheriff Thomas Smith released a statement just about an hour ago announcing his decision to fire the three deputies who were involved. The GBI released findings that the three officers, deputies Michael Howell, Henry L. Copeland, and Rex Scott, violated many of Washington County Sheriff's Office's standard operating procedures. The termination of the three officers is effective immediately.
1: So we have three officers who, who have been fired by the sheriff after the GBI um, issues a report. Um, and then we also have a decision that needs to be made by the local district attorney. And what is the decision that Hayward Altman makes in this case?
3: Well, he immediately decides to charge all three of the sheriff's deputies with, with murder. Based on my
2: investigation or my interpretation of the investigation of the facts presented to me, it is the most appropriate remedy in this case to present this case to the, to the grand jury in Washington County for purposes of criminal indictment.
1: And so he's presenting the case to, to the grand jury and the grand jury indicts, right?
3: Grand jury indicts. That indictment was tossed. There was a change in law about when you should and shouldn't have a court reporter present in grand jury proceedings. And that first indictment got tossed because it got hung up on this then new law. But Altman goes after these indictments again, second grand jury, three murder indictments, second time out. Um, it didn't seem like it was very difficult to secure those indictments.
1: So he secures the indictments. And so now we have three three officers in the state of Georgia, three sheriff's deputies charged in with murder. What is the foundation of their defense?
3: So they asked for an immunity hearing. Their claim is that they were acting in self-defense when they used force in their confrontation with Uri Martin. The judge agreed with that.
1: And the judge in this case who made that ruling is H. Gibbs Flanders, who is a, a longtime judge with the Dublin Judicial Circuit.
3: Right. And cited Georgia's Stand Your Ground statute, which says that you or I, um, when we have been the victim of violence— and have a right to respond in kind with violence and self-defense of our person. The judge said that, that these sheriff's deputies were acting justly underneath that statute. The rub is that as the judge stated in that ruling, Yuri Martin was not the initial aggressor, was never overtly aggressive or violent. So then you're asking, well, then where's the self-defense?
1: Mhm.
3: It's in this this idea that the sheriff's deputies had a right to detain Yuri Martin because they thought he was committing a crime. The crimes they said he committed after the fact were loitering and walking in a public roadway. The judge said under suspicion of those crimes he Mr. Martin needed to stop for the sheriff's deputies and when he didn't apparently that was justification enough to be treated as the initial act of violence, that's the hazy bit. Just where the initial act of violence is that would kick this stand-your-ground wall into, into gear.
2: It's a kind of a new trend in self-defense.
3: I talked about what this immunity meant with Mercer University law professor Jim Fleissner.
2: Instead of making the officers go to trial and argue that they're not guilty because there's a reasonable doubt as to their guilt, what this is is like a preemptive strike where you make a motion before the trial, arguing that because you were acting in self-defense, that you're immune from prosecution. So there's never a trial.
1: The judge makes his ruling saying that they're immune. Uh, The indictments go away. They are free men. And then Hayward Altman decides to appeal this decision. Is that right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Altman decides to, to p- take this to the Georgia Supreme Court because as he explains it, this amounts to almost like a carve out of special rights under st- Stand Your Ground for law enforcement the way this, this ruling was crafted.
2: Stand Your Ground says that if you feel like your life isn't threatened or the life of a third party is threatened, or there's someone who is uh, destroying your property or taking your property where a life may be threatened, then you can use force uh, necessary to stop that person from taking those actions. What we're saying is that the court expanded that to include an officer and his use of force in making an arrest expands that way beyond what the original statute was intended to be.
3: It's definitely not a way we could apply this law to ourselves if we're not law enforcement officers,
1: right? But the essence of Hayward Altman's argument and, and others uh, is fascinating in that you can't invoke the stand your ground law. He's saying if you you're the one who goes out and incites problems.
3: I mean, that's how it would be applied to you today. I mean, if you if you smack somebody upside the head
1: <laughs> or or didn't even didn't even physically accost them but just started berating them and then they responded in kind and I I decided I felt threatened took out my gun and shot them dead
3: right right and then the burden the burden in that defense is, is proving that you had a legitimate that any reasonable person would have felt that they were physically in danger
1: a reasonable person right
3: yeah, a reasonable person. It's a sticky wicket. And and I mean there's a reason why the most famous of these is is George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, right? Right. Because we we debated how reasonable his citing of Stand Your Ground is as the reason for what he did ever was.
1: Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm th- and I'm thinking that it's pretty unique for a district attorney, a prosecutor, to be pursuing something like this that police officers could say undermines the their ability to do the work that he needs them to do to be a prosecutor
3: after that first indictment I was of course waiting for a trial date and you know (laughs) deeply curious as a reporter to know how the trial was going to pan out we've been doing this for three years um, and we're certainly not close to a trial and Hayward Altman's doggedness here is is remarkable
2: well, uh, my situation was always is to do the right thing under the right circumstances. And I've always made that dis- d- decision. And if I can help uh, the state of Georgia and other prosecutors and other police officers and other victims and, and, and the general public to understand what the laws are and how people should behave uh, and when affecting those laws, then it's uh, it's a very, uh, how I say, a heavy burden to carry, but it's one that I gladly bear.
3: And I think that's part of why I, I've s- Tried to stick with this story throughout because I felt I needed to know how this all panned out.
1: The death of Yuri Martin in 2017 got some local coverage, but not much beyond that. Why didn't it? That's when we come back. This is Georgia Today. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelski, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcasts or download it on your favorite podcast platform. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. I'm speaking with GPB reporter Grant Blankenship. Uri Martin's death in 2017 did get some coverage in middle Georgia, but even though there was video, as there's been in cases like, you know, Rayshard Brooks or or George Floyd, the case didn't get much traction outside middle Georgia and, and beyond those ensuing months. Grant, why didn't it get more coverage?
3: So, yeah, Sandersville is only 60, 65 miles away from me in Macon, but I'm I'm still the parachuting journalist here. So in the years I've been covering this story, I've, I've checked in when I could with Elizabeth Jordan.
0: I am Elizabeth Jordan. I'm the news editor for the Sandersville Georgian. Um, I've worked here for 13 years.
3: Yeah, Elizabeth says she's actually surprised this case has not gotten more media attention.
0: I will say early on in the, in the very beginning stages of it, um, some of your local and regional news outlets did pick it up. And um, I'm not, I can't answer why the national coverage wasn't there. The Washington County community has been very um, peaceful in their, in their, in voicing their concerns. And it's just been a process.
1: So Grant, why do you think it hasn't gotten more media attention?
3: I think you can probably attribute the majority of that to the fact that that charges were brought quickly. That again, there, there wasn't this period of of shrugging of shoulders and asking, what do we do? That, that the community, the people who had the power to do something about this did the thing. They did the things that they, they could and should have done, um, quickly. So that's a piece of it. I also think it was three years ago. And, you know, clearly this, these things that we're experiencing now, Richard Brooks and Maud Arbery, George Floyd, these were all going on not just three years ago, but for decades and decades and decades and decades. But this, this this issue still had three years to ripen, um, and and we're living through the ripe time, you know. This this is when everything is sort of really coming to fluorescence.
0: Floyd,
3: if Uri Martin were were slain today, I think he probably would see his face in murals all over the country.
1: Yuri Martin's death in 2017 preceded the deaths of. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Rayshard Brooks, uh, you know, so many other um, black people who have ended up dead after encounters with police. Elizabeth Jordan of the Sandersville Georgian says she's seen local demonstrations in Washington County in the last few weeks.
0: Um, There were three marches that took place in the community recently. One following the death of George Floyd and there was a, a large gathering. Again, it was very peaceful. Uh, you had the citizens, the community, you also had law enforcement gather as well in a peaceful way and then you had another one probably two weeks later and there was the same situation. Um, the most recent one that we had was dedicated to, uh, to Yuri Lee Martin. It would mark the third anniversary of his in custody death, um, again, all three have been peaceful.
1: Grant, how long can we expect to wait before there's a decision from the Georgia Supreme Court?
3: That's that's really hard to say, but but Hayward Altman, for a lot of reasons, really wants it done quickly.
2: I'm hoping I'm actually hoping to get a quick decision because I am retiring into this term, and I made a promise to the people of Washington County that I would be there for this case. Uh, And that's my intention. So I'm hoping to get a quick, a quick turnaround from the Supreme Court so that we can get this thing tried before the end of the year.
1: So depending on what the Supreme Court rules uh, after uh, the hearing yesterday, what kind of impact might that have not just on this case, but on police practices or, or other cases statewide?
3: Civil rights activist and attorney Francis Johnson, he represents Yuri Martin's family. Johnson says Georgia has a lot more than just this one trial riding on this immunity appeal.
2: We stand to gain uh, everything when it comes to whether the value of uh, uh, a black life is, is truly uh, respected in the law. And uh, in Georgia uh, with, with, with very few exceptions, we see that often that life is, is not as valuable. And so in the broad perspective, that's what we
3: have to gain. Invoking stand-your-ground laws uh, by law enforcement to to get this immunity has been a trend that's been building for two decades now, uh, thereabouts. And should this immunity stand, you know, that's just one more accretion of judicial law that defends that practice. And it would just, it would make it that much easier for the next officer to make this claim in court and have it upheld. If this is overruled, one could see that this would clear the way for uh, murder trials for these three former sheriff's deputies.
1: Our thanks to Grant Blankenship, a GPB reporter based in Macon. Yesterday, the Georgia Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the case against the three Washington County deputies. Here's presiding Justice David Namius to State's Attorney Kelly Weathers.
2: If the officers never had any um, lawful right to even stop Mr. Martin, that may change some of the things that happened later.
0: The state's position is that there was never reasonable suspicion that Mr. Martin was exercising his right to walk away from a first-tier encounter.
1: Judging by what he said later in the hearing, Justice Namias seemed to agree with Weathers.
2: I mean, they can go talk to a person, but they cannot do any kind of stop or command a stop until it's reasonable suspicion of some crime, not just reasonable suspicion that I would like to know more. That's a tier one stop, which a citizen has a right to say, go screw yourself, officer, I'm walking away.
1: It will be several months before the court issues a ruling as to whether the former deputies should retain immunity from prosecution in connection to the death of Yuri Martin. I'm Steve Fennessy. This is Georgia Today, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Have a story idea? Drop us an email at georgiatoday at gpb.org. Our producer is Sean Powers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.